0: Mic on. Greetings, folks. I now bring you... Mic off. Mic on. February 5th, Friday morning, Winter Blind Camp 2nd Meeting 2021. Enjoy. Mic off.
1: We'd like to welcome you to the 2021 Winter Camp Meeting for the Blind and Physically Challenged. This morning, we have Debbie Fecek, Fecek, and she is going to talk to us about healthy living. And we'll turn the time over to her right now.
2: Well, let's get started, but before we do, can I have prayer this time at the beginning, okay? Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, what an awesome Father you are. You know our needs even before we ask, and you are always there to help us in times of trouble. Father, I know that um, I have leaned on you many times, and as I share my testimony today, I pray that your name will be glorified. I pray for each one that is here that you'll continue to keep us healthy and strong. And Father, may we apply the things that we're learning this week especially regarding taking care of the temple that you have blessed us with. So be with us now. Send your Holy Spirit to to be here with us. And, Father, we just want to say how much we love you and thank you and praise you for Jesus, your dear Son, and my precious and wonderful Savior. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's do a review because Mike's going to be here tomorrow and he'll probably test you guys. He's a lot harder on you than I am. So, okay. N, Sparky. What? No, no, no. <laughs> N, I know you know this. <laughs> nutrition. Nutrition. Nutrition, okay. Nutrition. Rodney, what's E? Exercise. Okay. Warren, what's W? Um, walking. Close. Yeah, water. 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 Water, good water. job. Okay, what's S? David? Um, them, yeah, uh, hey, yeah, guy. Scott, can you help him? We have to have quiet down there. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what is that? No. These guys are helping you too much. Yeah, Rodney's got his hand up. He knows. What is it, Rodney? Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. What about tea? I'll give you another chance. Who wants to try? I know know you do. Let's give them a chance. What's tea? We talked about it yesterday. I can see I'm not really making a big impact on your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: well, your husband might make a big impact on us. (laughs) Wow.
2: T, go ahead, Rodney. What's T? Temperance. Temperance. We want to be temperate in all things, even the good things, okay? Oh, T I thought
4: was talk.
2: No, no, that's in your line. I knew I know <laughs> that. But okay, today we're gonna to talk about A, air, and our rest, okay? So let me give you some pointers on air that Mike sent me with this morning. It says air is the most vital element For man and animals, one may live for weeks without food or days without water, but deprived of air, he will perish in minutes. In order to have good blood, we must breathe well, full deep breaths of pure air, which fills the lungs with oxygen. Purifies the blood. And it's not snoring we're supposed to be breathing. (laughs) Here we go again. Uh, A good good respiration soothes the nerves. So if you're stressed, you take a deep breath and blow it out slowly. It stimulates our appetite and renders digestion more perfect and it induces sound, refreshing sleep. Try to get as much fresh air as you can every day, and here are some suggestions. Open your windows to bring in fresh air. Air out your house as often as possible. Avoid car exhaust, tobacco smoke, and stuffy rooms. Take several deep breaths to clear the mind and increase the energy level a good workout there's our exercise a good workout forces you to breathe deeply and speeds up the circulation of oxygen rich blood throughout the body this saturates every cell with oxygen so whenever possible exercise outside if you can so walking Rodney. i know you walk outside that's probably one of the best places for us to exercise and while you're walking, try to do some deep breathing.
4: And movements.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, you know, move the arm. Yep, you, are, you got it. It says, the way that we stand and sit affects the amount of air the lungs can hold. So when we sit, we want to sit up straight, no slouching. And when we walk, we want to walk tall to enlarge and work our lungs at their full capacity. What we wear also affects the amount of oxygen available for our use. You don't want to wear tight clothing around your waist. So if you feel your belt getting a little tight, what do you got to do?
4: Make it tighter.
2: (laughs) I was thinking we should exercise and lose the weight, not loosen our belt. (laughs) But anyway, you don't want to wear tight clothing around your waist. You want to wear it loose if you can.
4: Now, teacher, yes. I'd like to prepare for the next one. Okay. It is R, which is rest. Okay,
2: we're going to hit that, but we're not done with air yet. But you must have had a rough week, David. You're just wanting to crash, aren't you? Yeah, a
4: little
2: bit. Okay, well, I'll try to just be compassionate towards you, okay? Okay, thank
0: you. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. I, can hear, I can hear you yep. very well.
2: Da- okay. David and I want R for rest. Okay, well, let's talk about rest. Did you know that the sleep that you get before midnight is like double? So if you can go to bed at 10 o'clock, it's like you're getting four hours of sleep because that's when you get your deepest sleep, so they say. So if you can, try to go to bed earlier, not stay up, and then get up earlier if you need to. Rest is a vital part of a helpful lifestyle in getting just the right amount of sleep. When we deprive our body of sleep, it's unable to rebuild and recharge itself adequately. Sleep deprivation impairs our judgment. It causes values and priorities to change, as well as make us irritable. Okay? When you are tired, do you get irritable? Yes. Never. <laughs> Continued loss of sleep can result in exhaustion, depression, delusions, paranoia, and even hallucinations. Losing as little as three hours of sleep in a single night can cut the effectiveness of your immune system in half. So it's important to get sleep. Now I can say too much sleep probably isn't good for you either, okay? So, if you can find your balance, like I usually know that if I get more than seven hours of sleep, I feel more sluggish. If I get less than six, I feel tired. So, I know that between six and seven hours of sleep a night is the best for me right now. The
4: normal is eight hours. Yep,
2: they say eight hours eight of hours good is normal. sleep. Yeah. If I get eight, I just don't have the energy that I normally have. So maybe as I get older, I'll increase it to eight. But right now, seven works pretty good for me. And you know, seven's a perfect number in the Bible. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's my next part about rest. Our bodies require more than just a daily period of sleep. At creation, our wise creator provided a weekly rest the Sabbath. This gives us a whole day without work. When the week's care, cares are set aside for quality time with God and our families, it is such a blessing. It helps rejuvenate us. And I wanted to talk a little bit today about my testimony is going to touch on air, not in a positive way, and but rest in another way. And I had mentioned to you that my mom and dad used to walk four miles a day and um, they were in great health. My dad when he was 12 and again when he was 23 had gotten strep really bad and he developed rheumatic fever. So twice in his life he had rheumatic fever and when he was in his 20s he almost died. He was in the hospital for eight weeks and they did not think that he would ever pull through. They said that he would be crippled, and God blessed tremendously because the only thing my dad really ever suffered was every once in a while arthritis in his hand. But something did happen through that, and that was his aorta and mitral valves in his heart were damaged. Um, When he was 49 years old, a cardiologist convinced him to go to the University of Michigan Ann Arbor to have open-heart surgery and well I have to back up when he was 49 he had his first heart surgery in um, Flint Michigan and when all they did was replace, replace his aorta valve and when they did they sutured his valve to fatty tissue so a week after his surgery he had a tear And it was doing exactly what his valve was doing before the surgery. There was a leakage there. And they wanted to um, go ahead and bring him back in for surgery. And he said, no, not at that time. Well, the doctor told him, he said, you know, you're only going to have a couple of years with that valve. Well, God blessed him 20 years with that valve. (laughs) And um, his cardiologist, my parents were walking four miles a day. My dad was in good health. He was 69 years old now. And his cardiologist convinced him he should go to University of Michigan-Ann Arbor to have his aorta valve replaced and also his mitral valve because he said it would only be a matter of time before he would suffer a heart attack. And so my dad agreed to do that. Um, we were living in North Carolina at the time and so we were coming home for the surgery. And I have to tell you, my dad was the hero of my life. We were very close together. And so my dad was having his surgery. We came in on Wednesday. His surgery was on Thursday. Um, I spent all Wednesday night talking to him and I didn't follow the health laws because I didn't go to bed until about two o'clock in the morning. Um, we just had a really nice visit. And then Thursday morning, got up and we're back in the pre-op at 6 a.m. to, to spend time with my dad before they took him to surgery. So I had that time with him and they came and took him to surgery and within an hour they contacted us that when they went to open, my dad, um, for his surgery, they hit his aorta by accident and he went 19 minutes without oxygen. Mm -hmm. They did some emergency procedures where they packed his body in ice, they... um, did an emergency bypass surgery. They took a vein from his leg to repair that. And they told us that they were going on with the surgery. And our question to him is, he went 19 minutes without oxygen. What about brain damage? Yeah. And they said, we won't know until he wakes up, but we did everything we possibly can to cool his body temperature down to prevent that. And so all day, my family and I were in a room waiting for the surgery to be over. And at about five minutes to five, I was laying on a couch, and I heard God's voice. He spoke to me, and he said, trust me, my child. Mm -hmm. And I got up and went over to my mom, and I said, Mom, Dad's not going to be brain dead. I just heard a voice. God's telling us to trust him. So we were talking. and five o'clock I remember looking at the clock the phone rang and it was the surgical nurse and she said the doctors finishing up the surgery he'd like you to come down to another room so he can tell you what all took place and what's happening so we went down to the room and we waited and we waited and we waited and an hour and a half went by Mm -hmm. it was 630 now And the doctor came in and he looked at my mom and he said, Mrs. Herzberg, I'm sorry, we lost him. Mm -hmm. And what was happening at that time is they had got his heart going, everything was functioning, and they were repairing his leg where they did the emergency bypass surgery. And as the doctor was repairing that that area in his leg, my dad's heart turned to one big blood clot. Mm -hmm. And what had happened was they had given him a medicine in pre-op to coagulate his blood that would have worked if he was having a valve replacement but that medicine should have never been used for a bypass surgery Mm. and that's what caused it to turn to a blood clot. Well this is the part of the story that I want to share with you. I went in to see my dad with my family and when I came out of course I was devastated and I was crying and um, a lady came up to me. She wasn't a worker at the hospital, but she was passing by and she took me by the shoulders and she looked square in the face and she said, Why are you crying? And I said, I just lost my dad. And she said, I'm going to pray for you. And I thanked her and she went on her way. Now, we were staying at the hotel that was connected to the University of Michigan Ann Arbor Hospital, so we had to go up an elevator across the ramp, up another elevator across the ramp to get to the hotel, and we had decided as a family that we were going to meet in the parking lot garage ramp and follow each other home. So Mike and I went and got our kids, packed our suitcase, went to the garage ramp. My brother and sister-in-law were already there. And all of a sudden, this same lady showed up, and she had a rose in her hand. And she said, I want to give you this rose. And I said, thank you. And I hugged her, and my sister-in-law's law looking like, who is this person? and you know I didn't think much about it at the time because I was just so shocked and grieving and things were happening it wasn't until we got in the car and Mike said to me Debbie how did that lady find you I mean it would be impossible to find us he said I really believe God has sent an angel to bring comfort to you and you know not only did it bring comfort to me but it made me realize more and more how much God loves me and you know there's a verse in the Bible that says blessed are the dead that die in the Lord they will rest from their labors and their works will follow them you know my aunt my dad's oldest sister came to Jesus because of my dad's death and She wasn't the only one that changed. God changed my heart. You know, I was a Christian at the time. I believed that God existed, and I was trying to live, you know, how I thought he would want me to live. But I realized at that time more than anything, if God would not have given his son, I'd never have the hope of seeing my dad again. And I fell in love with Jesus that day And I've continued to grow in my love for him ever since. He is our creator. He's our redeemer. And he's our sustainer. And I can tell you this. I believe with all my heart that he's preparing a home for those that love him. And someday we're going to be able to sit at the feet of Jesus. And our eyes will be open. Our ears will be open. Our bodies will be healed. And we will have eternity to spend together I can't wait until that day to be reunited with my dad and my Lord and Savior. And so that's my testimony that I wanted to share with you today that we can physically rest, but we need spiritual rest in our Heavenly Father to know that he is there to watch over us and no matter what comes in our life, he's there to help us through it. And so guys, I want to wish you a blessed day and I'm going to be back tonight, Rodney, or David, for your baptism. It's going to be a high day. That's still going on, right? Yeah. Okay.
4: Well, I have something okay. I wanted to say, too, though.
2: Okay. Um, my
4: dad died. about had that defeated. It was about to his normal numbers. And then he had uh, heart issues, so he had a stem put in uh, previous, about a year or so. Well, anyway, when I had to talk with him, we talked for over an hour, and uh, I told him, I said, Dad, I th- you know, I know we haven't seen eye to eye, but I love you. And uh, he went camping that week When uh, Ma come home, she hated to come home and tell me the news. Uh, When they were in the cabin that they'd rented, the three o'clock morning, got up to go to the bathroom, and uh, then she noticed she reached over to film, and he was dead.
2: I'm sorry.
4: And uh, when Ma come home to tell me...
2: I'm sorry. I was
4: drunk. mad and I didn't have a whole lot of use for God because I said he was too young to die. He was only 72 years old and uh, I was around the family and I was kind of swearing about the issue and then I realized uh, you know it was really God that had us have that talk with each other
0: and, Amen.
2: and then and then after
4: that i have become a better Accepted the Lord into my heart. Amen. I just hope he was all right because he did go to church. Yeah, He went to a non-denominational Sunday worshiping church. But he believed in God Amen. And he had some bad habits too. And then after after he started getting closer to God, he quit doing a few things that he used to like to do. Amen. And uh, I just to this day believe God let us have that talk.
2: Amen. Okay. You know, my dad was 69 years old when his life ended and he was in good health other than, I mean, like I say, he was walking four miles a day. He just listened and I'm sure, I don't know what would have happened if he wouldn't have had the surgery, but God is in control of all things. Nothing happens that he doesn't allow. And I believe that he gave you that time with your dad just like he gave me time with my dad that night. My dad was a Christian, and we talked about all kinds of things. But that night I asked him, Dad, is there anything between you and your Savior? He said, Nope, everything's good. I've made all things right. And um, so I think a lot of times God allows things to happen just the way so we can look back and see that he truly was in control of all things. He was there from the very beginning, and that's why you had that talk with your dad.
4: Well, he had kind of a smile on his face in the casket. I could see a lot better in 2009. I was thinking, at the time, I believe you go to heaven as soon as you die, your spirit leaves your body. And I thought to myself, I looked at my brother and my mom, and I said, he's kind of smiling. I don't know if it's because he's seen God or if he's getting rid of us, you know, getting away from us, we might be happy about it or something.
2: You know, and that's another thing about God's plan that I just think is perfect because Thessalonians tell us that when Jesus returns, the dead in Christ will rise first and meet Jesus in the air. And those of us which are alive and remain, we're going to be caught up together. We're going to go home to heaven together. We're going to experience entering the heavenly city all together at the same time. And God, God's plan is perfect.
4: I've learned the truth about it now. That makes me accept God a lot better. Yeah. And when I was going to church and they told me I was going to have either eternal heaven or eternal fire, mm-hmm. I thought if God's going to burn me forever, you know, I didn't think that was quite right. I didn't want to have a lot to do with God. So,
2: yeah. Well, So Now you've...
4: I know he's a, he's a merciful God and He wouldn't do that to nobody.
2: No. And, you know, if you believe that when you die you go right to heaven or hell, that means people are burning in hell right now. And I don't I couldn't deal with that if one of my loved ones who didn't show that they love the Lord was, I thought they were burning. God has got a perfect plan and he's such a just God, he doesn't let people burn forever. That's where people have been deceived into thinking that God is a tyrant, he's not. He's a loving God and he desires all to be in the kingdom. But he is not gonna punish people for eternity because of what they did here on this earth. You know know, what blows
4: my mind is how a lot of them churches teach that. And you know, I got to read the Bible myself and you know, it is total opposite. And how they wanna you know, I I heard how it got changed to Sunday. But you know, all through the Bible it talks about the Sabbath. How can these ministers who say they read the Bible get that all wrong, you know, and then believe in eternal hell and
2: well we know that we have an enemy and we also know that tradition takes over but we also have to remember that Jesus in John 11 says he is the Good Shepherd and he has sheep in many folds and that he's coming to call them out God's got people in every denomination that love him with all their hearts and he is going to call and and come and call them and so some people don't understand because they don't read for themselves. Other people just ignore it, I, ignore. you're right. And some even deceive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they know truth and they deceive. Rodney.
4: Yeah, well, my sister, she got killed, okay? And her boyfriend ran her over. Oh. So, uh, but the thing is, she came to for about a week. And the pastor was there the first day she came to. And the pastor asked her, do you know who I am? She shook her head, yes. He said, what, well, you want to confess your faith right here and now? Yeah. So she confessed her faith on her deathbed.
2: Yeah. Amen. She had a thief on the cross experience, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, yeah. We have to remember, God desires to save. Okay, yeah. He doesn't want anyone lost. So he gives every opportunity. That's because he's such a loving God. He cares about us. He wants to spend eternity with us. So, you know I'll when see her
4: you're. Again. <laughs> if I could low again.
2: That's right, that's right, and we'll spend eternity in a world where there's no more heartache, sickness, no more pain. Blindness either. <laughs> no, no more blindness. No, no more people with crutches or wheelchairs. It's going to be wonderful.
4: I yeah. can't wait for that day. And another thing, Deb, is your husband, Danny. Christian music that he's done on CD or
2: anything? He does. He made a CD for his mother when she turned 70 years old. It's not a professional one by any means, but it was one that he went to a studio and he did it to her, did it for her for her um, birthday present.
4: Oh, wow. I was wondering if you could get a copy of that. I'd appreciate it. I'd like to get that
2: from you. Okay, I'll see if I can dig one up, okay? Alright, thank you. Okay, you guys I have. Oh, he's a great guy, and God changed his life tremendously. So you guys have a good day, okay? (laughs) Bye-bye now.
1: Thank you so much, Debbie. I guess we'll have some songs now.
3: Let's turn in our hymn books to page 523. My faith has found a resting place. My faith has found a resting place not in a man-made creed. I trust the ever-living one that he for me will saves this and my Savior's name, salvation through His blood. I need no other evidence. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and rose again. heals the sick, the lost he came to save. For me his precious blood is shed, for me his life he Turn to the next page, five twenty four. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Amen. Tis i Yeah. to 412 our theme song Covered with His Life 412 (laughs) Look upon Jesus
1: first, Cheryl? Thank you.
0: Face to face with Christ my Savior Face to face what will it be? When in rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me, face to face shall I behold him by and by. Only faintly now I see him with a darkening veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory See him by and by. Face to face, so blissful moment. Face to face to see and know. Face to face with my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who Face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory, I shall see.
1: for prayer our father in heaven we thank you again for these wonderful testimonies that were heard today we ask that thou just continue to be with us moment by moment and hour by hour day by day in jesus name amen
0: Mic on. Well, that's all for now. See you. off.